0: So by improving your running economy, you can essentially improve your velocity at a given threshold. So I would start with one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is that they tend to lift, because it's running, it's endurance. They lift lighter loads for lots of repetitions. Strength training for running, if it's done specifically for running, will not make you bulkier and will not slow you down. It does the opposite, it makes you faster.
1: Thanks for joining me, Rose Harvey. And me, Steph McCall, for 5 Miles Easy. The podcast where
2: we go behind the scenes on the highs, lows, and learnings of our running journeys
1: and bring you conversations to inspire, motivate, and get you one step closer to your running goals. So let's lace up for five miles easy. Welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we're going to be joined by running physio and strength and conditioning coach Aidan O'Flaherty, also known as the Irish Physio on Instagram. We're going to be finding out exactly why we need to strength train not only to prevent injury but also to get faster. I can't wait to get into it but first Rose how's your week been? My week's been good uh it's been very busy actually I've had a really hectic week but it all all fun stuff a lot on the pod a lot of running back to sessions yeah and I have I've been quite pleased with myself because my session days have all been sunny, which at the moment I feel that's like a is a massive, <laughs> massive win. Yeah. It really <laughs> I really compensates for the few drenchings I've had on my easy runs. But I've just been very grateful they've been on my easy runs and not on my sessions. Yeah. So that's that's been the win of the week, I'd say.
2: And even when it's cold outside, just having the
1: sun out makes everything so much better. So much better. In a good mood. I had I had a session in Battersea Park today and it was so sunny I couldn't see. And I thought, <laughs> you know what? I'm not complaining. No. But it was delightful. Yeah. So and then, we had to... didn't you have a photo shoot this week as well? I did have a photo shoot and- Did it rain? It didn't rain, but it was really cold. Oh. And we were shooting, because this is the way photo shoots work, you're shooting spring collection. And I can oh, confirm no. it, it was not spring weather. So uh, I didn't realise
2: that. <laughs> yeah,
1: the short shorts. I'm not going to lie. Having to run after three hours of standing around in short shorts was really challenging because I could not feel my legs. Yeah. At all. Oh my gosh. I bet. But hopefully, hopefully the photos are good and I don't look completely blue and frozen. I'm sure they're great. <laughs> How's your week been?
2: Yeah, I've I've had a really busy week as well. Um, I was in Edinburgh on the weekend, which was lovely. Blue skies the whole weekend, which...
1: Mmm, your session looked great. Such a nice oh, location.
2: Yeah, that was so nice. And I heard it was raining here at the time. So I was like, to be in Scotland and have the weather feel better <laughs> than down south. I was like, yes. But it was really cold. Um, so I started wearing my running gloves the first time this season. Um, okay. Yeah. And then this week, yeah, I've been pretty busy. Pod, work, work. Um, had a haircut today. I so noticed. Those people watching on YouTube, this is the best my hair's ever going to look because it's gonna be tied up soon and sweaty again. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, yeah, they made my way here, but I did have a very eventful journey here today. <laughs> what happened? Um, so I love everything about the podcast. And one thing in particular that I love a lot is my commute here so especially on a sunny day like today I always get a line bike um through Richmond Park those who don't live in London or a city where they have line bikes they're just electric bikes that you can hire on an app very useful to get around um and I get on this line bike I am going into Richmond Park gate and I feel that the pedal's a little bit wobbly and I'm like oh it's fine it's fine just keep going and then I'm in the middle of Richmond Park and the pedal just fully fell off. <laughs> but cars were going past and I've already moved on since the pedals fallen off. And I was like, well, I can't just get this pedal and put it back on. Like I don't have my tools with me. <laughs> so I had to carry on like pushing the, there was just no- one legged? Yeah, like there was no sticky out bit on the pedal. So I mean I don't know what it's called. Sorry to the triathletes and cyclists out there, but there was just like <laughs> there was no sticky out bit. Is am calling it? So I had to like use my heel to push that side down, so the other side came up, and I could push the pedal down, um, and it made it very hard. And Richmond Park is not flat, so thank God it was an electric bike. And then a car came past me and shouted out the window, "You're doing a very good job with one pedal on a wonky wheel," and, <laughs> and I didn't even know the wheel was wonky, so that was probably about to fall off next. But oh my I survived god, well you made it! And you oh, know yeah. what?
1: I think I think that can count as half your gym session because all that single leg work—you <laughs> yeah. nailed it, Rose. I can't wait for this episode. I need so many tips when
2: it comes to strength training. Since the marathon, I'm really struggling to get myself back in the gym. So how do I do it? <laughs> oh yeah, me
1: too. I feel like the gym is, it's always my graveyard shift of the week. So yeah. it'll be so good to get some tips. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, what does your strength what does your strength plan look like?
2: So I've had some good advice over the years. I've had someone coaching me with strength training. So I, I've learned the right techniques for things. I've learned the exercises that help me. But at the moment, I've got no one specifically guiding me with it. I just kind of have some knowledge and it's up to me. When am I going to go to the gym and make myself do this?
0: Mm. So I
2: really struggle to get in the gym. But at the moment, I'm like, I'll aim for, I'll try to do twice a week. But it is a real like pat on the back when I get in once. Um, So yeah, and I tend to actually stick to a very similar routine every time just because I know it and I feel a benefit and I'm not, I feel like I'm pushing myself in a way where it hurts a bit, but I, the next day I don't feel too bad so I know I can still Yeah, train. so I'm not too sore for sessions. But it would be good to find out from Aiden actually how hard should we be pushing ourselves in the gym? Do I need to maybe lift a bit heavier, push myself a bit more, try and progress the weights and be doing maybe some different exercises because mm. I very much focus on kind of my glutes my hips my hamstrings because that's the area that I've had most issues with and I can kind of neglect some other bits just because I think they're fine I've never been injured there and so it's okay
1: but actually I probably should be doing those I as guess far. for prevention yeah and, and also as we say like to get faster and
0: better yeah.
1: rather than just in prevention. but what okay. what are some of the exercises you do so my absolute favorites
2: are anything single leg and I feel like they're really beneficial because you run on one leg Mm. you've only ever got one leg on the ground so you want to be you want to have stability on one leg at a time and you know not kind of be collapsing at the hip when you land so single leg deadlifts um split squats uh just like any sort of glute bridge on a single leg um Step ups onto a box, that sort of thing are kind of my my go tos and heavy body weight. I I, no, I don't do body weight, but I lift like I'll usually lift uh, like a kettlebell or dumbbells rather than you. I have in the past lifted heavy where I've been on the bar, but I'm kind of out of the routine of doing that. So that's what I need to be like. Actually, I probably need to be lifting heavier where I've got a barbell, putting weights on that, and testing myself a bit more. Yeah. Okay. So do you
1: do high reps? yeah probably more of a high high rep rep, low low weight yeah yeah I'm kind of opposite actually but I have to say I've really fluctuated over the years and I've had a lot of diff I've gone down a lot of different avenues with the gym and sometimes I've gone down like the high rep low weight avenue but at the moment I'm definitely on more the high weight the heavy weight Mm. low rep avenue um squats split squats. I'm similar to you. I tend to focus on like single leg stuff because yeah. I feel like that is more like running. Yes. Um but heavy weights, maximum of 10 reps, 3 sets. Mm-hmm. Um glutes is the big focus, hips is the big focus. Yeah. Hamstrings and, and calves. Calves. Yes. Calf raises are my real go-to because Similarly to focusing on injury areas, that's where I've, ha- I've had issues in the past. So I do a lot of heavy calf raises. Yeah, that makes sense. And try to progress that.
2: And at the moment, how many times a week are you doing? So you're now, you're obviously back into training since Chicago. Have you got a focus on kind of going a few times a week to the gym? Or how does that look at the moment for you?
1: So I do two main sessions at the gym and that's yes. when I'll lift heavy weights mm-hmm. and then I do actually do at least one or two shorter more I call them more SNC sessions and it's lighter weights but it's more like physio exercises so I do a lot of foot strength okay um those single leg squats on the bossy ball I can't remember the name of them now but you go like right down on one leg um what that's really called? gonna annoy me. Oh, that's yeah. really. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's like... really hard, but it does get it. Kind of mobilizes your ankle area and your f- Have to works that. on your foot strength as well. Pistol squat. Pistol, yeah, <laughs> <That's> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it. That's that was so got it. Nice. I'm so glad um, you got that. Obviously, you can tell my gym knowledge is great. <laughs> Those exercises I do, so I do a lot of that, and I'll do that at least two other times outside my heavy lifting. That's so impressive. I mean it is my job I'm lucky no, that I, was, got I was about to
2: ask though how has your strength routine changed
1: since you've become a full-time athlete versus when you oh I used to working? do bugger all yeah I mean if I got in the gym once a week when I was working full-time that was that was really good but then I used to train in the evenings and mm, you know no I'd finish time. my session at half eight and I was like well I could go to the gym but then I'm home at half nine then I'm not sleeping till midnight
2: yeah and you're it's just naked. so hard to fit it all in mm. well that's yeah it is something I struggle with I mean I, I do have flexibility with work but I just I prioritize my runs and sometimes yeah. I'm like okay well I could skip this run and actually go and do a gym session I could even jog to the gym and go and do this gym session but it gets to the evening when I plan to do it, and I'm like it's just so much easier to go out for a run yeah <laughs> because it's done, it's more enjoyable, but I really need to flip that and be like, actually, you know what? Long term, it could be more beneficial me going to do the gym session. Yeah, because it's
1: going to keep you running for longer, keep you injury free. Okay, so this is another question for Aiden. How do we structure it? And how do we get ourselves to the gym consistently? Yeah. Right, I think it's time to welcome Aiden to the show.
2: Aiden is a specialist running physiotherapist and strength and conditioning coach. He helps runners not just prevent getting injured, but also gets them stronger and faster as well. Previously, Aidan played professional football in Ireland, uh, but his career curtailed with three ACL ruptures. His own injury journey ignited passion for injury rehab and prevention. Aidan now has his own practice in Putney, London, and has just launched his own strength and conditioning online program for runners too.
1: Aidan, thanks so much for joining us for Five Miles Easy State. We are so excited to get all our questions answered in relation to physio, strength and conditioning. But before we dive into all of that, our first question is, what is your why when it comes to running?
0: Great question. My why, I did think about this, is as a physio, I get to work with runners every day. And over the past number of years, I've seen runners achieve amazing things, push the boundaries to what we think we can achieve, And that's how I then got into running from treating runners. And as you run, you tend to live longer. So for the health benefits is one of the big reasons. And runners tend to stop running because they get injured. So I play a key role in helping people live longer. That's (laughs) that's awesome.
1: Wow, what a rewarding (laughs) job. That is very cool. Um,
2: And you haven't always run, as you said, and you just said that helping people with their running injuries kind of got you into running more. Prior to that, you were a professional footballer for a bit in Ireland, is that right?
0: Yeah, correct, <laughs> correct. Long time ago now.
2: So how did that transition look from you having that lifestyle and then going into um, being a physio, treating running injuries and then realising perhaps that you wanted to get into running too? What did that look like?
0: So a, a long story short, I started off growing up playing a lot of football and signed with a professional club in Ireland and then... Had the unfortunate incident of having ACL rupture and came back after five months, re-ruptured it again and then got released. So having seen a lot of physio whilst I was rehabbing my own injury, I was like, okay, maybe I could do this. And that's how I then got into physiotherapy. And following on from that, I did rowing at quite a competitive level. So that's where I found a love for the endurance sport, those long easy miles. And a natural progression from rowing tends to be triathlon or running. And then that's how I kind of fell into that as well as treating a lot of them during that time. So that's how I find myself here.
1: Nice. That's awesome. So we've mentioned, you know, obviously go to a physio for injury prevention, strength and conditioning, also great for injury prevention, but as runners, can you just tell us start from the basics? Why should we strength train?
0: So I think the unique selling point for runners is they love performance. You you look at these fast shoes, gadgets, it's like, how can I improve my performance? So one of the big unique selling points is that you can improve your running economy. So when we look at what limits performance, we have kind of three indicators. So we have your VO2 max, your percentage of your VO2 max that you can access and your running economy. So as strength training we know that you can improve your running economy by up to eight percent so think of taking up to eight percent of a particular time like your marathon Mm -hmm. time or 10k or whatever it might be so we have the performance side of things but also the improvement of like things like bone density tendon health muscle health and when it comes to the research in running related injuries we don't have a huge amount so we just have to be mindful and say it's likely going to reduce a lot of overuse injuries
1: Mm. and what what is running economy
0: so it's the amount uh, it's the amount of energy that you use at a sub effort so if you look at like your vo2 maximum of oxygen that we can consume within a minute it's the amount of energy that we can use at a particular pace so by improving mm. your running economy you can essentially improve your velocity at a given threshold so if you're looking at running a particular pace throughout a marathon if you can improve that velocity by five to eight percent then that's going to lead to significant improvements in obviously your your performance
2: so how does being stronger then link into that great question (laughs)
0: so in terms of muscle tendon stiffness so when we're running we're essentially it's like a series of hops Mm. so our body and our lower limbs predominantly act as springs it stores and releases energy so the stronger the tendon the stiffer the tendon the if you think of like a spring it stores and release energy if you've got a really stiff spring you drop it it's going to bounce higher so we can return better energy and as a result if you have a stronger maximal strength there's a correlation with you having better reactive strength meaning when we hit the ground we can produce force we improve all of these like neuromuscular components and by having a higher power output we've got essentially a bigger energy tank so that, that then can lead to you using less energy if you've got like these really stiff uh, tendons.
1: So we can literally cover more ground with less energy if we're stronger and therefore go faster.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Nice. Sounds th-
2: good. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so we know we should strength train. What should we be doing as runners? Like how how many times should we be going to the gym? What exercises should we be, should we be doing? Should we be doing? heavyweights, lightweights, talk us through it.
0: I would start with one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is that they tend to lift because it's running, it's endurance, they lift lighter loads for lots of repetitions. The problem with that is the limiting factor becomes metabolic. So when you go beyond like 15 repetitions, it's not neuromuscular, and that's what we're trying to do when we strength train. So we see in terms of like improvements in performance and just strength and bone health in general, it's lifting heavier load for fewer repetitions. Now, there's lots of ways that you can do that depending on what you've got access to, what your schedule looks like. So as an elite athlete, you're going to have more time to recover between. So you might strength train and run on the same day. But a lot of people, the limiting factor will be time constraints if they've got a family, a busy life. So you can go to the gym. You can do it at home 20 minutes a day, pick two or three exercises. So there's lots of different mm-hmm. ways of doing it. But when you look at the general research, two sessions a week is sufficient enough. Okay. So if you if you partake in a 20-week strength program and you do it twice a week, you can improve your maximum strength by up to 26%, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And as a result, then, you get all the other benefits from it. But then going into in-season, you can maintain those benefits by one session a week. So if you look at a 40-week total season... 20 weeks of so to really build that maximum strength and then when it goes into to race season you've got uh, one session per week where you can reduce the heavy lift and just improve i refer to it as sharpening the knife as you come into mm. race
2: okay so that makes sense with so we spoke to katie snowden where she spoke about the summer season is the big racing season for track athletes and then the winter is when they're doing all the strengthening so that's when they would do like the two sessions a week and then as you get into the summer one session and I guess for marathon runners would it be that at the beginning of the block you're building your strength and then maybe towards the last few weeks you might want to reduce that is that the right understanding
0: yeah yeah absolutely so you periodize your strength training as much as you would you running you might have a particular focus on a block where you're looking to build your mileage and then you'll add in a bit of intensity or whatever it might be and strength training is very similar it's very individual depending on what your goal is But yes, you would periodize it. So as your running volume is building, you don't need to have fresh legs for those really tough sessions. Mm -hmm. You would want to put more priority to building maximum strength. And that would differ from someone who's experienced to someone who's not. For example, if you're experienced with strength training, I'm happy giving you a high percentage of like your, let's say, 10 rep max. Whereas if someone is new to strength training, you're not going to give them those heavy weights early on. And that often is delimiting factors like well what weight should i be lifting yeah and i would often work to like two reps in reserve for example between six to twelve reps whatever rep range you decide is have two reps in reserve and that can give you an indication to that that's the right amount of load because a lot of people will lift and they've got about 10 reps in reserve that's true that's not going to give you the benefits and so to answer your question yes you would prioritize maximum strength early on and then you can look at things like reactive strength by doing plyometrics which won't carry the doms because the doms will come from those eccentric forces and lengthening tissues
1: okay what should we be aiming for like ideally as maybe as a percentage of body weight for something like a squat like what should we be aiming for
0: great question so I would look at in terms of the squat so for example split squat i will be looking for someone to get up to 50% of their body weight for mm-hmm. a back squat I'd be looking at someone to try and achieve their their body weight on the bar including the bar so for example I'm 90 kilos I'm a behavior, but let's say 90 kilos mm-hmm. I want to I build up towards that yeah. and the key thing then is that it's to progressive loading that's a mistake a lot of people make is they'll pick an exercise they'll do it for a number of weeks which is great but they don't add weight to the exercise yeah. so that's where the progressive loading is what creates that adaptation It's that overload same thing with your running mm-hmm. as you progress those miles that's your body starts to adapt your body gets very used to doing the same thing over and over so you have to keep it keep it kind of guessing but so that's with the back squat when you look at arguably the most important muscle group when it comes to running is your calf complex your soleus mm-hmm. muscle and your gastrocnemius is what it, that's what we refer to as your calf complex, the powerhouse muscle. So we look for runners to be able to achieve up to fifty percent of their body weight on a single leg calf raise. So if you mm-hmm. think of, if I ask both of you guys, do you do the single leg calf raise as an exercise?
2: Yeah, but yeah. not holding fifty percent of my body weight.
0: What would it be roughly?
2: Um, probably like a quarter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about yourself? I Rose? do fifty percent, but 50%. my
1: calves are always She's my a weak pro. bit. So. <laughs> yes yeah. it's, it's like the one exercise i've always really focused on and i've like had achilles problems and everything so it's the one thing i've always had to really focus on
0: yeah the, yeah. the, the stronger your muscle is stronger the bone so if you look at if you look at the, one of the most common running related injuries particularly in the elite level levels obviously bone stress injuries and that mm-hmm. can lead to a long
1: uh, mm-hmm. period
0: on the on the sidelines yeah so when we look at people who have had things like tibial stress fractures is we often see up to about 50% reduction in calf capacity after so the biggest predictor for running related injury is a history of that injury it sounds negative initially and I almost put a positive twist if you've had an injury chance of you getting it again are much higher mm-hmm. but the physio's job and the SNC job is to try and reduce that risk altogether which is exactly as you described when you're looking at mm-hmm when you're looking at planning a strength program for a runner, you have to look at their previous injuries. Yeah, And exactly as you mentioned, if you have Achilles and previous, you know, tibial issues, then calf raise 50%, great.
2: Yeah, well that's it, isn't it? I think you make it such a good point that it's the same for me, whereas I've had hamstring issues in the past. So a lot of the exercise I focus on will be around like hamstring glutes. Rather, I might end up neglecting the calves because I think to me it's not as important, but it's a good reminder as you said you can't neglect anything you need to keep on top of it all but there might just be some specific areas that need a bit more focus
0: absolutely and when it comes to structuring a program it's keep it simple you know have a couple of warm-up exercises have maybe three to four main lifts within a session you don't have to be doing 10 or 10 or 12 different exercises when we look at the amount of sets per week that can lead to improvements in running economy. It's actually a lot less than what most people would think. So, doing three or four main lifts within a session, and you can maybe split that within the second session, maybe a bit of push and pull type stuff. And then having a couple of exercises that are looking at more stretch shortening cycle, which is like, for example, your Achilles, like your plyometrics, store mm-hmm. and release energy. So, if you break it, warm up, main lifts, bit of trunk, bit of a uh, plyometric type stuff Mm. and you know I did a session this morning took me 50 minutes
1: now time to thank the sponsor of this episode EcoSwash. now Steph I don't know about you but the one thing I don't like about marathon training is the washing so much washing two runs a day sometimes a gym session in there too that is a lot of sports kit a lot of laundry detergent and with those little plastic pods a lot of plastic too which can't be great for the environment.
2: You need to try EcoSwash. They've created revolutionary plant based laundry sheets specifically designed to clean activewear.
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds so good!
2: It's also 100% animal cruelty free and it's plastic free and it smells so fresh. I need this in my life. Where can I buy it? That's the other great thing about ecoswash You don't have to worry about the hassle of running to the shops because it arrives straight through your letterbox. Okay, sign me up. Okay, head to ecoswash.co.uk and buy your box today.
1: So we've got um, sort of six to ten reps, heavyweight. How many sets would you do?
0: Great question. So I would, again, it's like. an it's an added stimulus. So it's an added stress to what you're already doing. So we have to factor that in, in terms of recovery. So I would start off with, as an example, three lots of 10 reps, working okay. to two reps in reserve. But as you progress forward, you look at, for example, like Jake Whiteman, you know, he's very well at documenting his uh, strength and conditioning. And he's very good at progressively loading, increasing the amount of sets to maybe even four to 5 mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on the individual but you would be looking to try and get up to say four sets of four to six repetitions at that higher weight that higher percentage of your one repetition max
2: how does that look like in terms of the progression so you can increase the number of sets you can also increase the weight but do you always do it at the same time and how do you know how often to try and push it a bit more
0: yeah great question because a lot of people will tend to change too many variables at one time same thing when it comes to running You know, they'll change their volume, increase of volume, Mm. their frequency, their intensity. So when it comes to it, I will have a couple of weeks where I'll focus on staying at the same rep range and Mm -hmm. increasing the load. And then as the sets change, when I add a set, I'll tend to reduce the amount of reps down to, let's say, six to eight repetitions. And then naturally the weight will go up because you're working to two reps in reserve of six reps Mm -hmm. versus 10 reps. But it's making small changes is what's key because your body knows what it's used to. And it's that increase in load or big changes. Same thing when it comes to running. If you're not used to doing a lot of intensity, and you add intensity, chance are you're gonna pick something up. And same thing with strength training. Don't change too many variables. And when you do, make it a small change.
1: Yeah, really gradual. And what, um, we mentioned the calves already, but what are some really key exercises? Say if someone's going to the gym and they've got time for, you know, to do four four different exercises, what would you say like, the really key ones for running off? Uh,
0: So I will tend to look at one compound lift where you've got like a big exercise, such as back squat, RDL, some sort of hip hinging movement. And then I'll have a couple of accessory, like single leg, split squat is a great one in terms of bang for your buck, Mm. split squat, you're getting good good glute hip abduction strength, quad strength, even a bit of proximal hamstring strength. And then I will always have a calf raise. If you don't like calf raises, (laughs) learn to love calf raises because it is essential. And then i'll tend to add in an upper body exercise so for example half kneeling overhead press or a pulling type exercise so have one big compound lift such as your deadlift back squat rdl have a couple of accessory movements i really like using machine weights particularly if you've had an injury meaning for example if you've had a knee injury or hamstring injury looking at leg extension leg curl because you can't really cheat on those When you do something like a split squat, you can use a bit more hip strength versus quad strength. When you're in a a machine, like a leg extension, you can't cheat. It's just your quads. So it's So it depends on the individual, but that's how I tend to split it up. And I'd finish off then with some plyometrics and a bit of core. Yeah, when
1: you say plyometrics, can you just give us some examples? (laughs) Okay,
0: so if you look at um, skipping, it's an example of a plyometric exercise. It's short contact time. That's what makes it plyometric. Yeah. So if you're looking at skipping your up and down, it's short contact. What we would then do for a runner is we would start off with a low intensity, say three to four out of 10 effort, because we don't want to risk flaring up like Achilles or other, other areas. And then gradually, as they're progressing, I'll increase that intensity, meaning they hit the ground, they produce more force. So if you think of like a pogo stick, pogo hops is the classic one so if you think of a pogo stick it just goes up and down it doesn't Mm. bend in the middle so when you're jumping up and down you're trying not to bend your knees and you're trying to use your achilles and your calf to store and release that energy other things like explosive exercises such as uh, box jumps or depth jumps drop jumps loads of these on my instagram profile if you want to have a
2: look (laughs) (laughs) would you ever do anything in like not in another direction you know running's like just forward moving and we don't do anything side to side would you suggest
0: yeah I think it's a really nice segue Mm -hmm. into into looking at bone related issues so if you look at when we're looking at bone related issues and we're trying to prevent them it's best to do it at an early age before puberty because when we hit puberty that's where bones are really mechanosensitive so if you look at athletes who have been involved in multi-directional sports such as basketball hockey uh, football they'll tend to have stronger skeletons. Like not all runners have strong Mm -hmm. skeletons. Mm -hmm. So looking at multi-directional sports is very important, particularly at a younger age, because when you're running, your bone cells get bored of running in straight lines. So after like 100 cycles of loading, your bone cells essentially go deaf. So they switch off. And then often people tend to go into the gym and strength train straight after, which is not going to promote bone adaptation. So I would always make sure there's at least four or five hours between strength sessions, if you can, because the bone cells will switch back on after four hours and then you can look at promoting new bone. So bone is constant cycle of new bone, clearing out old bone, and it's always happening. And when we get bone stress injuries, it's as a result of the amount of uh, healing is exceeded by the amount of loading. And that will bring us into another thing in terms of like intensity being important. But yes, multi-direction sports, I've put up this silly video of me tossing a balloon in one side here and I I'm trying to change one. direction. Yeah. So I, even to elite runners, I would say, look, during your off-season, play tennis, play a racket sport. Yes, yeah. you've got the risk of mm. maybe twisting an ankle or something like that. But in terms of looking at what we call the role of adaptive bone formation, there's a lady called uh, Julie Greaves. She does a lot of research in this. And it's much more beneficial at loading the bone multi-directional, sharp outs of high-intensity multi-directional loading.
1: Wow, that's so interesting. Um, bone strength, obviously important for everyone, but especially as kind of over 40s, over 50s, and loads of people run older than that as well. So does the how important is strength training for runners over 40 and should they be doing anything different?
0: Arguably, it's even more important because obviously with sarcopenia, the the loss of bone qu- or bone, uh, bone strength and muscle quality muscle strength so as we get older naturally our bone or our muscles will tend to get a little bit weaker we we'll lose a bit of muscle mass and i often mm. use strength training it, it can almost stop that and reverse that so see it as a positive so for people the injuries will change from younger athletes to older athletes so from a master's perspective you'll tend to see more soft tissue like calf area achilles tendon whereas with a younger athlete it's more kind of bony articular surface so when we're getting older as we lose that quality of the tissue we want to try and make sure that we don't do that by strength training and to answer the question in terms of does it change exercises are pretty similar but yeah. you might change the intensity depending on their experience most people as they get older they get a bit afraid of strength training because they don't want to cause injury yeah. whereas obviously that's counterproductive it actually prevents it massively. yeah i
1: actually read it not even from 40 it's like from 30 you lose one percent of muscle mass a year is that right
0: i'm not sure exactly is the numbers but yes once you get to 30 but then as oh as we go forward in terms of decades it gets even the numbers just okay so higher. we
1: need to get on it right now uh,
2: yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah um okay and then in terms of we were, we discussed you know two days a week's good guideline um what days of the week should we be doing it in terms of our training week so should we be going in the gym on the days we're doing harder sessions and keeping those hard days hard or is it okay to also strength train on a recovery day when yeah
0: again it, it would depend on the individual but if we look at the different levels of experience if you've got an elite athlete like yourselves where you have the opportunity where you can recover you will tend to heavy stack your days whereas i want to keep a hard day hard so my easy day is really easy Mm -hmm. Um, but then the, the other side of that is if the goal is to try and improve power output and you've done a hard session you're then going into the gym carrying fatigue naturally you're going to have a reduction in your ability to produce force so you might not get the most out of it it depends on how well you've recovered between sessions and your experience but that would be the one thing i would say if you're doing it on the same day it's what we refer to as the interference effect it tends to be more effective to strength train first and then do your session now a lot of people will argue a lot of people will argue that point and there is arguments for both sides but that's if you look at the research the strength training tends to have less effect on your uh, vo2 so the ability Mm. for you to you know use oxygen at a given pace etc whereas if you then do a run a really tough run that will have more of an effect on your ability yeah. to produce force
1: That's okay so ideally do strength and for example in the morning and then train in the evening but then if you have to train in the morning just make sure you've got a gap yeah before going to the gym and five to six hours I yeah guess, four hours good four fuel. hours
0: plus is yeah but the longer you leave it the, the better essentially
1: yeah okay mm-hmm. Now, I mean, hopefully from this conversation, everyone will be convinced that they need to do the strength training. But let's talk about some barriers to getting to the gym. So lots of people think, and especially, you know, in endurance running, this is a really common thing. Lots of people think if you go and lift heavy weights, especially you're going to get bulky, which for endurance running might not be a good thing. What would you say to that?
0: So there was a great piece of research done by a guy called Chris Beatty in Ireland. He's based in the University of Limerick, and he works with a lot of competitive runners. And they took runners, they did two different groups, one that strength trained and one that didn't, and they didn't change their running training. And after 40 weeks, the body composition, there was very little difference. So in terms of putting on muscle mass, it tends to be more higher volume, more repetitions, more exercises per muscle group, calorie surplus. So there's lots mm. of different things that will contribute to trying to increase muscle mass. When it comes to strength training, we're looking at those uh, higher loads, fewer reps. That's more looking at more muscular changes rather than creating muscle mass. So strength training for running, if it's done specifically for running, will not make you bulkier and will not slow you down. It does the opposite. It makes you faster. So
1: it uh, makes your <laughs> muscles stronger, but yes. not bigger. So yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right, like yeah. In a basic so, form.
0: We're trying, to, um, we're trying to create nor- neuromuscular adaptations for the brain to be able to kind of like send more kind of recruit more muscle fibers, more uh, power output for a given task. Whereas when you're looking at improving, you know, muscle size, it tends to be less kind of drive, less force. So that's mm-hmm. one thing mm-hmm. about strength training is when you're doing it, do it with intent. And the difference between an elite athlete versus a recreational is often the intensity that they do the strength training session at so if you look at you know rose and and stuff like yourselves in in the gym i'd like to think that you're both you know when you're working hard you're working hard whereas a recreational runner might go in not all of them some of them are really good they might go in and they might not be performing the exercise at the same intensity so it's like track athletes you know you go into the track often they're just lying around because they have lots of rest periods and then when they're working hard they're working hard the same thing in the gym is allow yourself that 90 seconds to to two minutes recovery between sets
1: Mm, okay that's also a really good point yeah i was going to ask about recovery and how um so between each so if you've got like 10 reps you do that and then you take 90 seconds before the next set what about in between exercises like how much rest would you have
0: so uh, a lot of times people will go from one leg to the other if you're really working at that high level you'll want to have up to, let's say, a minute before even you go on to the opposite leg. Between Mm. sets, then I would tend to give up to about two minutes, but definitely minimum 60 seconds because you're carrying a little bit of fatigue from that that exercise before you go into the, the next one.
2: Okay. And another barrier to getting into the gym is maybe the after effect of lifting weights, which is you feel sore, you've got DOMS. Do you have any tips in terms of how to recover better from lifting and maybe reduce the soreness
0: yeah so dom's do do delayed <laughs> onset muscle soreness mainly as a result of heavy eccentric forces so if you've ever run downhill you'll know how bad the quads are mm. the next day mm-hmm. so and when we look at the research around it between uh cold compression um uh, we've got those what are they called those kind of sleeves that you put on your leg compression just general yeah. compression so you've got cold immersion compression massage there's not a huge amount of research out there to say that it's going to accelerate the healing what's more important which is i guess coming into maybe we can segue into reducing risk of injury is is getting your sleep getting sufficient fuel in order for your body to adapt so the training is the stimulus and then what we do in terms of recovery is going to lower body to adapt like we only benefit from the training that we recover from so look at the low hanging fruit if you're an adult seven to nine hours sleep per night getting I'm not a nutritionist, but I think the rough numbers are around 1.5 to 2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Uh, so, making sure that you're getting sufficient protein and sufficient fueling into your body to recover. If you do that, that's much more likely going to reduce the DOMs. And getting used to those forces as well, which is why you should start it before you come into these main races. So getting your body used to these eccentric forces under heavy load is going to help you a lot when it comes to you coming into your race season because your body's used to it. So you don't tend mm. to carry the same level of soreness into those sessions. Problem most people have is when they sign up for a marathon, they then say, Okay, I need a strength plan as well.
2: Yeah, I like that though. Just keep it simple. It's just the same with training as it is with strength training. So I mean when I say training, I mean running training. Um that sleep and fuel is the best way to recover and adapt and get better. So it's nice just to keep it simple and know that that's what works.
0: It's so undervalued as well. When we look at the rates of injury, a lot of research is done on bone stress injuries in, in military personnel because that's where obviously they put a lot of money. And we see those people who have Uh, sleep deprivation for a period of weeks they'll tend to have a significantly higher incidence of bone stress injury so sleep is a significant factor like vitamin d levels as well when it comes to bone and tendon stuff is really important particularly here in in the uk Mm -hmm. so often when someone has a bone stress injury and they see a sports doc they'll give them a high dose of vitamin d for a period of time so these things are are quite important and so undervalued. and it is we, we tend to overcomplicate things, keep it simple. Same in the physio world. It's keeping things simple with rehab so that people can actually adhere to it and achieve it and then get the benefits from it.
1: Yeah, I guess the vitamin D is especially crucial as going we're going into winter. Don't get a lot of sun in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately that's a good not, tip. and
0: Ireland is even worse, I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: that's a good tip. So if we are sore from the gym, should we still... Run. So, if we've got a session the next day and we've got really bad DOMS, should we do so, it?
0: So, great question. So, it will affect. There's a guy called Rich Willie Bass out in. It's uh, called Montana Running Lab. Amazing researcher. and He's done some research on, I believe he has on biomechanics post uh, muscle soreness, and it will affect your like foot strike and your stride length, etc. So, there is things to consider. Uh, if you've got a really tough session, then it will take you. It can take up to about seventy-two hours to really feel like you've properly recovered from it Um, so again it depends on the individual and what you're used to doing so again when we look at things like injury and risk factors it's always looking back at what you've done previously what has your body tolerated so if you've had a significant injury you look back and you say okay maybe i made a you know i was really stressed at that time i was changing jobs i was moving house or i added way too much speed too much hills same thing when it comes to strength training try not to change too much within within your running Uh, so yeah I would just make sure if you do have a really tough session try and give yourself a a bit of recovery time I
2: mean I knew it before and this conversation highlights more how important strength training is but for me personally it's not the most exciting part of my training I obviously run because running's the bit that I enjoy doing and then I know strength training is important for me to get better at running so I want to be able to do that but how do I can you give me some tips to how to stick to a program and yeah get myself in the gym and just not let
0: it go you're absolutely right even I have the issue when I give people rehab plans is one of the big issues is the adherence and do they actually do it not often the case but if you look at when you're going off a run in the, during the winter, it's tough doing it alone. I know, mm-hmm. Rose, you've been stuck in the rain a lot around Battersea over the last few weeks and getting mm-hmm. stuck in a lot of rain. But when you're with people, it makes it easier. Yeah. And it adds a bit more fun element to it because lots of times when you're doing all of these miles and all these sessions, it's it's demanding on the body. Having other people around you is is really useful at you know encouraging each other. So if you're doing a track session, you've got people pushing you. I mentioned, I remember listening to you, Rose and you saying you don't want to let someone down on a, on a particular rep. If you're in the gym and you're working with other people. It's the same thing. You've, you've agreed to turn up at a certain time. If you don't, you know you're going to let them down. So I think having a group of people to go to the gym with, even if it's just one training partner, I think that makes a big difference. Mm. And also having structure. So knowing what you're doing and working with someone that knows that area. If you've got structure, it takes away that kind of guessing, oh, what should I be doing today? And often we just yeah. tend to go in, I'll do this exercise because this is free. Uh, so I think having structure, do it with people, There are two key things I think that will help people to partake in strength training.
1: Okay. I think that's a great point because I know from my experience, I mean, now I feel quite confident in the gym because I've had people, I'm like, I've had people show me what to do. And I've had a couple of years of going to the gym. But I remember when I first started and started lifting heavy weights, I felt really unconfident in what I was doing. And actually just having someone there, whether that's a PT, if you you can access that, or just a friend who knows what they're Mm. doing, is so valuable and it just stops you. Because I always used to go in and think, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I don't want to hurt myself, so I'm not going to do it. So I think that's a really, really good takeaway.
0: Yeah, and I think that brings nicely onto technique when you're strength training is that often people won't do it because they fear that they're going to get injured. Yeah. I would say just know that the body is really resilient, really adaptable. When you mm-hmm. look at technique, there's not a massive amount of research to say, oh, when you squat and you hinge slightly forward, you are going to increase your risk of having a back injury. What's more important is the amount of load that you're lifting meaning you want a gradual progression so if you do a squat and you have a light weight and then you gradually add that weight, your body's going to adapt to the particular movement we've all got different anatomies different hip sizes different shapes female male different leg lengths so no one particular way is perfect and just have that in the background knowing that okay as long as I feel comfortable lifting this load and I feel comfortable doing it then I can start to progress beyond the current weight that you're lifting
2: Okay, really useful. And then where can people find out more? So if they are looking for, what's a guidance with technique? I know that you post a lot of stuff on your social. So where can they head to to find out a bit more about? I think you you've
0: got, it's, it's looking at good resources. So mm-hmm. YouTube has is, is got everything, all right? It's a massive search engine, but it's trying to pick the good ones from the bad ones because lots of, lots of things around strength training is the fear or oh, mm-hmm. you're going to cause injuries, et cetera. So I think making sure you have good resources, people who are, who are referencing research uh, within the, within their uh, subtitles or whatever it might be. So just making sure you've got good resources, whether it's a physio, S&C coach. If you look at some of the S&C coaches out there, like uh, Rich Playgrove is an amazing guy. You might've heard of Rich. who was, I think he was in, I think you will be listening to this. Yeah, Mary's. And, uh, <laughs> so Rich, a lot of this stuff is uh, coming from your research, so I appreciate it. So if you look at things like Rich Playgrove, he's an, he's an amazing uh, researcher within within this field and he's got, uh, I believe he's got an amazing book as well, loads of different exercises. On my YouTube, I've got a, a, an exercise library. It's adding it every week. So just finding good resources um, is, is probably the best way and trustworthy resources.
1: That's awesome. Okay, so head to your YouTube channel.
0: Head to my YouTube channel, yeah. And
1: you've got... Uh, new strength program as well new
0: strength program yeah the run strong blueprint that's another um yeah so if it's a six-week plan um and if anyone wants sort of like an introduction i'm happy to to give them like a couple of weeks where they can just try it out and see how they find it
2: how yes. do they access that then through? Just message socials? me,
0: message me on, on Instagram, the Irish physio. And I'm happy to, I'm happy to give out, yeah, as I said, a bit of a trial period. For yeah. those guys that have come through from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they, ha- they have to reference five they miles They have, <laughs> have to reference
0: and have to follow five miles. Uh,
2: great. Okay. So our final question that we ask all our guests is, what is your high five me moment?
0: I thought about this and it came to me so easy. Do you know, and it's probably di- not what you think it would be. It was reaching out and asking for help when I needed it. So previously, um having like had all these injuries, you know, struggling mentally and not living like near family and I was going through a pretty rough period, but then I just reached out, asked for help at that time I thought it was a, a bit ashamed of it. Now I'm proud of it. So now I look back and I'm like, my life now, I work with runners. I travel a lot and my life is incredible. I love it. And it wouldn't be if I didn't ask for help at that time. So there oh, you go. What an amazing
2: yeah. message for everyone.
1: I yeah. love that. That yeah. was awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I have a gym session later. So thank you for motivating me to go to the gym. And now I know what I'm going to be doing. So <laughs> that is great. Yeah, very motivational thank Appreciate you so much. It. thanks for
0: having me on guys loved it
1: thanks for joining us five miles easy and if you're enjoying the show please remember to leave us a good review on spotify and apple
2: and if you're enjoying watching us on youtube please do subscribe